0: First thing we talked about identity is the foundation of our identity. And the foundation of our identity is that we are, by faith, we are righteous. We are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And number two, we're children of God. Righteousness speaks to us, our standing with God. We're in right standing with God. We're good. You can come before him, you're good. There's no separation. He's not, you know, he doesn't have a tally of your mistakes. He, he All things have been made new, you know. And so... So that's righteousness. We're good with God. We're in good standing. And number two, we're children. And by children, it means that we can come close to him. It says that his spirit inside of us, Christ Abba, Father. That means dear father, you know, beloved father. So he's describing to us the kind of relationship that to have with him. He's saying not a far one, that we're just good, but a close one, that we're really good, that you can boldly come before his throne, not just in his city, not just in his palace, and not just in his room, but next to him, right with him. Amen? And so that's, that's foundational because if we know that we're his righteousness and we're his children, then, then we can walk with him every day. And there's no hesitation for prayer. There's no hesitation to come to him. And then secondly, we talked about what we're no longer. We're no longer slaves and we're no longer orphans. And we said we need to identify when we act or speak like either one of those two and take those thoughts captive and remind ourselves I'm no longer an orphan. So there's plenty for all of us to go around. Meaning I can celebrate others. I can celebrate the victories and the testimonies of others. I don't have to be jealous. I don't have to think, oh, man, there goes my blessing. But instead I can rejoice and think, man, God is so good. If he did it for one, he'll do it for me. Okay? And so that goes with everything. It goes with anointing. It goes with promotion. It goes with blessing. It goes with needs. It goes with everything that we absolutely need. And so we're not orphans. There's enough for all of us. There's more than enough. And we're not slaves. And we said the language of slaves is complaining, right, and grumbling. So when you find yourself grumbling and complaining, you can remember you're free. Whom the sunset set free is free indeed. So therefore, you don't have to complain because you're not a victim. You're victorious. You're free. You can do something about it. You can take authority. You can get into action. You can do something about it, right, and not stay in the situation you don't like. Amen? And so we talked about that. Then we talked about... Uh, The third one was, hmm, what was the third one? That was last week. That's right. Thank you. That was Father's Day. That's right. And that is receiving and giving our identity, right? It's important that we receive it because if we don't receive our identity from the Father, then we can't give it. And we're called to give identity to the sons and the daughters in our life—not just our biological ones, but the spiritual ones and the people that are around us. You know, disciples are, are supposed to be children. You know, that's what the disciples were to Jesus—they were like his children. Okay, and so we're supposed to do that, but we can't give identity correctly if our identity is has a crack in the foundation. If our identity has orphan spirit, and we say the way we close the gap—you remember that—the way we close the gap of. Uh, orphanhood is by uh, getting close to the Father. And so when we can see ourselves close to our Heavenly Father as righteous children, then we close the gap of uh, orphanhood. Amen? And so how many of you have had some experiences this last few weeks closing the gap? Amen? And you have to remember every week, every time, if you're feeling orphaned, slaved, or victim, or anything like that, you just need to run to your Father. You just need to close the gap. You just need to remember who you are in Him. Amen? And so today we're going to talk about group identity. And group identity is something really, uh, really powerful because, especially when we're in a church and we're part of a body, um, it, it has, the Bible speaks also of different groups, right? Like, God refers to the children of Israel, and there was something for them as a group and as a people, right? Then. Also something for, um, in the New Testament, right? we're referred to as uh, children of God. We're referred to as those of the way, those that follow the way. You know, the, there, there's um, when Peter was in the midst of denying Jesus, they identified him uh, because of his accent. But also, probably because of his way of speaking, Because it says, that, it says that right after that, he started calling upon curses and, and cussing around. You know, he's like oh, I'm not one of those bleep and bleep people, you know? I'm not like, beep. And and, and so he had to change his language in order to not be identified as those of that group. And so there's something that happens when you're part of of a family or a church or a group that you conform to that group, that you adopt some of the qualities and some of those things. So we have a group identity. And so today I want to talk about who we are as a church what we're about, what do we act like? I don't know how many of you, whether positive or negative, you had an experience growing up with, where your dad said, hey, we're Diaz. The Diaz don't act like that, right? And that could have been good or it could have been bad, right? Hey, us Diaz don't do that. Us Rogers, we don't do that. Us Mizax, we behave this way. We don't act like that. Anybody? That's group identity. And that's spoken from the Father. It's saying, hey, us, we're different. We stand out. We're not like the rest of them. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying to help myself. My girls are like, (laughs) yeah. John 13, 35 says, For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. See, there's a group identity with the followers of Jesus that they know how to love well. They're loving, they're kind. And I'm not just saying this so that we're not a bad testimony to the neighborhood, you know, it's just coincidence. But, you know, he's like, They'll know you for your love. There's another scripture, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm all over the place on my notes, just going, you know. And oh yeah, John seventeen twenty one says as one, you know, when they'll know us for our unity because we look, you know, like we're one person. You know, when, when the word of God really transforms your heart, it pierces through your speech, it pierces through your perspective, and it pierces um, through your belief system. That means a revelation comes through, changes the way you think, changes the way you see things, and changes the way you speak. And it starts changing the way you respond to things. And so when we get a revelation of who we are in Christ, and we all receive the same word, the same truth, from the same God, all start not being identical, but having the same core values. See, because although we all have different personalities, and we're... uh, different. You know, God didn't make us minions. We're we're supposed to be different, but we are called to have the same core values. That means that we can speak differently, but we both love well. We both, how do we respond in the midst of chaos, right? That sets us apart. It says that um, there was a, there was a group of, um, there there was a race uh, for these people. They had to run on the beach like a mile. I'm not sure if it was a beach or, or a lagoon or something like that, but first group, professional, you know, people, they race, they run, and they take off running, and uh, and the uh, the organizers thought it'd be funny to have a fake crocodile come up mid race, okay? And so they're running, the crocodile comes up mid race in front of these you know sprinters and runners, and and they all freeze. Freak out and run, you know. They're like, ah, and they disperse. They don't finish the race. And then the other group was a group of uh, Marines. And so the Marines, you know, same thing happened. They take off running and the crocodile, and they act different. They stop. They look at it. They go, oh, it's fake. And they keep running and they finish the race, right? There's, There's a difference in how we respond to situations that sets us apart, which is why, oh, I'm not live streaming. Which, wow, well, but this will go online, so. <laughs> we could cut that part, okay? Well, I don't know, whatever. You know, which is why the pandemic and COVID kind of separated a lot of those that spread and ran away and those that were like, I'm pretty sure there's something about that in here. Let's see, yeah. Psalm 91, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Sorry, you know? When we have the word of God in us, when we're being transformed by his word, it starts setting our group identity, how we react and respond to situations in life, how we respond when we're squeezed, how we respond, you know, to the economy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, we don't have who we would like in office. So how do you respond? Well, you know, what the Bible says. And so these things start setting us apart and as a group identity. You go to school, everybody's doing this thing. You go to work, everybody talks that way. Everybody goes drinking afterwards. Why why do we not do the same things? Because the dias don't do that, right? But in this case, because... The children of God don't do that because we're righteous children, because we respond different, we act different, we we make decisions differently. The word of God is pierced through uh, the way we see things, the way we perceive things, and the way we speak, and so therefore the way we respond is different. Are you with me? The economy is going bad. Oh my gosh, you know, the world hoards it. The children of God look for a place to sow so they can reap a hundredfold in the same year. Why do we respond differently? Because as a group, we have different core values because we have the Word of God inside of us. Matthew 15, 13, and 16, I'm going to read out of the Amplified. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its taste, strength, or quality, how can its saltiness be restored? Is it not good for anything any longer but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men? You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, I said, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light shine before men, before men, right? Not just in the church, not just in your house, before men, everywhere you go, work, school, grocery store, you know, anywhere. Let your life shine before men, that they may see your moral excellence and your praise worthy, noble, and good deeds, and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Isn't it so interesting that when you're a parent, if you have little kids, and they act out crazy and they throw a fit, do you feel a little embarrassed? You should. <laughs> okay, my, my wife says don't, you shouldn't, okay? <laughs> But but we can't we can 't help it but to feel a little bit ooh, these are my kids, right? <laughs> Maybe I could pretend they 're not for a moment, you know <laughs> like we it just feel a little because they 're yours right that 's why we teach them how we act that 's how we teach them how we respond, how we think, how we believe, right We do that at home so that when we 're out in public, and that 's the same thing the Lord is doing that 's what the church is for that 's what church is so important because we learn how to respond, respond according to the word of God so that when we go out, we can do exactly what it says right there at the end. It says, so that through your good deeds, noble, praiseworthy, excellent, you know, uh, uh, good deeds, recognize and honor and praise and glorify your father who is in heaven. So we bring him glory when we respond according to how the family is supposed to respond. Are you with me? Does that make sense? See, we give glory to God when we love people well. We give glory to God when we are walking in the fruit of the Spirit. We give glory to God when we are generous. We we, we give glory to God when when we keep our peace, when, when we respond well. We give glory to God through our lives and how we live it out. And we know that those are not things that we need to do to gain God's approval or God's love, right? We already have it. He already loves us. We don't do those things in order to be loved. And sadly, a lot of people did grow up in a family where if they didn't act well, then they weren't loved and accepted. But our Heavenly Father's not like that. So we don't have to perform in order to be accepted and loved. We live a righteous life of good deeds and things as a result of being loved and accepted. Are you with me? There's a difference there. We're not trying to earn something, so we do it out of a place of rest, out of a place of peace. We're generous because he was generous with us, and we do it out of a place of thankfulness, not because we're trying to get our way into heaven. You with me? And so when people ask us, why do we act like that? Why do we respond like that? Why are we so calm? Why aren't we freaking out? we?" We can tell them, oh, it's because, you know, in our family... This is how we do things. In our family, this is how we do it. And <laughs> our you know, our family believes this. Our family believes that, you know, and it's the family of God. I don't have to worry about things. I just pray about him. I keep my peace. He fights for me. That's why. And so, what happens when the group starts growing? And the group is all salt and it's all light. We start making a bigger difference, right? The salt is supposed to stand out. Have you ever had those delicious chocolate chip cookies that all of a sudden there's one grain of salt in the whole cookie and you can taste it, right? You can, out of the whole cookie, you can identify You can almost, like, find it and pull it out. That's where you're supposed to be. And that doesn't happen in the church. It happens outside. Because here, we're all salty. (laughs) That's why I feel so nice and, you know, so loving. We come here to get equipped and get charged and, you know, receive revelation and pray for one another. But we go out there, you know, and we're not the majority anymore. You know, you're in the workplace. You might be one in, in, in in a lot of people you know, that tastes salty. We're light. It's supposed to be in the world. We're not of it. We're supposed to be in the world. Let our light shine before men. This is how we shine our light. Not change it from one place to another. Take the same brightness out there and it looks look brighter out there than in here. Hmm. Another uh, scripture that talks to us about being a group, people, a different group of people is First Peter two and nine it says, "But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation." Check that out, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. And that's why I love our church. You know, we're two languages, one family, same family. It's just a little taste of heaven. Spanish and English, same. All you know, we're all God's children. Nobody's less, nobody's more than others, you know, it's the same. And so, um, as a people, it's a spiritual nation, not a geographical nation, not a language nation. It's it's a spiritual nation. That's what sets us apart, that spiritually, we're a group. Us and, you know, all the other churches of believers around the world, we're, we're a group together of. Citizens of heaven. It says he called us out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. He claims us as his very own. And he did this so that we would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. So we are a chosen treasure. You know, there's also uh, different groups from different nations, right? Um, if you're from Mexico, like me, you, will, you have different culture things that set you apart right and a lot of times you hear people say it's that's how we do it in my country right that's how we do it in in the town i grew up that's how we do it in this place that's you know it's because where i come from that's how we that's how we cook that's how we set up our christmas tree you know that's there's a lot of characteristics that come from the nation that we came from right there's things that you do here because you were born here or born in this city right even geographically there's things that change just because you're in different weather right like if we moved if you've never been to the cold part of the country you know and you moved there and all of a sudden you see people doing for the for the winter you wouldn't understand it right i wouldn't understand it I'll be like, why are they doing that? You know, I don't need to do that. You know, and then my pipes pff, burst something, <laughs> you know, and so there's things that, that we do and, and, and different things that separates us as different groups that we've learned. And so what we're talking about is what separates us as a group, as a church, as a Vita church, even, even as a smaller family um, from everyone else. And some of those are the things that you have felt, the things that have made you want to stay. Those are things that, um, that drew you to be part of us. Um, and there's also another group, and that's the bad groups, right? Um, who has group identity also is uh, terrorist groups, gangs, right? They have group identity. They do things. They, they are marked differently. They, they have almost like a hidden language of how things are supposed to go when, when they're at war with someone, when they're being chased, ch- you know, chased by someone else. Like, when you go, I've never been part of a gang, so I'm going off of movies, okay? <laughs> but there's the initiation, right? Can somebody corroborate that? And teach you, this is how we do things. This is how this happens. This is the boss when the boss does this, you know. In the military, they have also a group, right? When somebody walks in from a higher rank, you know, they all stand up and they do this. I also haven't been in the military. I'm sorry about my examples there, you know. <laughs> I really have only been a church boy for, a, you know, so that's the best one I have. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, gangs, they, they have their, their group identity. And it's really strong. You can identify them, you know? They have markings. What are our markings? What identifies us? What makes us stand out, you know? Can you imagine if, like, that's, that's denominations too, right? Denominations, okay. So. I believe been the Lord too but they do different denominations do things differently right and you go oh I guarantee you Pentecostal <laughs> right <laughs> oh I guarantee you you know Baptist you know like I was a Baptist so I, I can say that right? it's okay but um, but even denominations they, they do things differently that, that sets them apart you know so I wonder you know in the future what's you know what would somebody say like oh they're from Vita Church. You know, you can feel it. <laughs> How do you know? Well, I just walked by and I got healed. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> you know, so what sets us apart as, uh, as, a, as a church, you know, as a, as a church family? And so I wrote this down, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read most of it. In Vita Church, we know who we are and that is what determines how we act, why we worship, why we love people. Well, you know, worship is a, is a big part of us. And, uh, and maybe you came in here because you love the Word, but you're not so much into the worship. It's all right. You can conform to this. This is okay. We don't conform to the world, but we can conform to the presence of God. We can conform to the Word of God. You know, maybe you came from the Word of Faith movement, or maybe you came from, you know, Spirit-filled, you know, very uh, charismatic movement. It doesn't matter. We both need each other. And there's things in each movement that we need from one another, if they're in the Word, right? And so, we, this is why we worship, because the presence of God is essential, right? And maybe you're growing and taking your worship to another level, and maybe you're growing and getting in the Word more. Maybe you're growing in speaking in tongues. This is why we love people well. This is why we honor others. Why do we honor people? Why do we talk about honor so much, right? We have a culture of honor. Not a competition, but a culture of honor where we know there's something in the person next to you in their life that is a gift to you from God. And we can only draw that spiritually through honor. When we don't feel better than others, when we don't think, oh, I'm more spiritual than you, you know, I pray, I've been a Christian longer. No, regardless of that, there's something in each and every one of you that God has deposited that we all need. In our Spanish congregation, there's something in them that all of us need and vice versa. Our culture and our group identity tells us why we cultivate joy, why we give generously, why we don't gossip, why we do things with excellence, why our yes is yes and our no is no, why we are not cliquish and exclusive, but we include people, we invite people, we reach out, we're hospitable, why we do what we do. When we have worship nights, when we have retreats, why do we have worship nights and retreats? Why? Because we're building a place where people can encounter God because we know that that's what transforms them. Let me tell you, religion's been trying to change people for way too long. It never works out. They mess them up. And then we we have to fix them when they come here. That's not fair. (laughs) We just need to build and facilitate an encounter with God. That's why we do camp. Not because it's fun, not because we need to entertain the kids. You know, we don't have all of this because it's cool and we got to entertain people, but because we're building a place that facilitates people having an encounter face-to-face with God because we know when that happens, then transformation really starts happening. It's exhausting to try to change people. Tried it once, never doing it again. But the power of the word of God... Spoken inside someone can produce so much fruit and transform their lives almost effortlessly. This is why we serve with cheerfulness and not with guilt or out of duty. Why we can't be taken advantage of or abused because we're not victims. We're powerful people. Why are people prosper and get better when they make us their family? It It just happens, you know? People prosper when they come to Vita Church. Their families get better. Their marriages get better. Yeah, sometimes it's a, it's a little rockier before it gets better, but you know, cuz you have to lift up the carpet and all the stuff you've swept in for years, you have to pull it out. But God does an amazing work, you know. <laughs> oh, I know that you didn't like that, right? But but this is how we do it. <laughs> Why we're vulnerable and transparent. We're real. I mean, if you've been to our men's group, sometimes it's too real. <laughs> but that transparency and that vulnerability leads to victory. Always. Always. Leads to breakthroughs, you know. The more we hide, the more we keep ourselves from freedom. But when we're vulnerable and we, we're transparent, not on Facebook, not on social media, but with people that are godly, that love you, you know, that will pray for you, that are safe for you, then it leads to victory. It leads to freedom. Because we know how God's kingdom is, and that's um, where we are from. We're from God's kingdom. We do our best to represent our Father well, and we know who we are in Christ. New creation, sons and daughters, family, not an institution, but this is why we believe in miracles, why we lay hands on the sick, why we hug people, why we speak in tongues. Who cheers during offering time? Let's take up another offering. See, see, only those that are from Vita really cheer. Just kidding. You know, but it's like, normally that's a pretty quiet time in a lot of places, you know. But we get excited because it's it's our opportunity to give. We have a good place we can sow seed in. And so this is who we are. We believe in miracles. We speak in tongues. It doesn't matter if there's 10,000 of us, we're still going to speak in tongues. <laughs> it doesn't matter how big, how big it gets, you know, how uncomfortable the person next to you gets. It's the power of God, you know. It's, it's humbling ourselves and letting the Holy Spirit intercede through us. We speak in tongues. We believe in that. Crazy supernatural stuff. Miracles. We pray for people. We lay hands on the sick. See, I know a lot of places operate differently. I'm not, my point is not to knock how anybody else does anything. The point is to say here, we believe you're empowered, you know, and, and when you believe the word of God, that's what we say. A lot of times during our service, it will be like, anybody sick? You, 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 okay. Just the person next to you, just lay your hands. Even if it's an eight-year-old boy. It doesn't matter. Because we believe the Holy Spirit. There's no junior Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit works in and through all of us, right? That's why our children also prophesy. And we're not scared to give prophetic words because we also know how to receive prophetic words. And there's three options. You either flush it down the toilet, you shelve it because it's for another time, or you plant it in your heart. And you don't have to be scared. You don't have to call somebody a false prophet. Yeah? So... We are people of honor. That means we know honor is a currency of heaven. We know it's through honor that we receive from other people's gifts. So sometimes the evangelists will get up here like next week and some of you will be like, oh my gosh, he's so intense. Well, guess what? You need some intensity in your life. That's probably why you're feeling it that way, you know? When you learn to honor the gift and, you know, and and the teacher and and the pastor and the apostle and and, and every office, you know, in every person's life. You receive from the gift that God has put inside of them and you need that gift. And sometimes that's the very gift that makes you feel a little uncomfortable, but it's okay. You need it. Are we okay? We love well. You know, that's one of the things that people say a lot when they walk in, in, into, through our doors. They're like, man, I just feel so much love here. Like, I feel like people just embrace me. But let me tell you, as we grow, you know, and then there's, you know, 400 and 500 and 1,000 1, people in our service. It's up to you to act like the family. See? Like, when we were smaller, you know, there was a smaller group. That acted like that, that we said, these are our core values, and this is why we do what we do. This, no, I'm just kidding, no more. <laughs> and as we grow, see, the danger of growth is that we can lose our church culture if we don't know who we are, if we don't know this, which is why I'm taking time to remind you, this is who we are. This is why we believe these things. This is why we want you to be empowered. This is why it's more important to us to, uh, to make big people than a big church. It's more important for us that you grow, that you prosper in everything that you do as your soul prospers, like John t- tells us, than we fill each spot in this building. That's way more important to us and if you've been around us long enough, you know that we actually mean it. We never focus on numbers. Numbers is a result of focusing on people and, and, and building a place where you can be transformed. Because when you're transformed and you grow, then you become another father, another mother to, to people around you. And you teach them how we act. This is how God's family acts. This is God, how God's children act. This is how we respond before situations. We love well, we are powerful. We're not victims, we're powerful. We can tell ourselves what to do. You know, 2 Timothy seven uh, says, but he did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. That means we know that we can tell ourselves what to do and we don't have to control others. Others get to choose. We get to be unoffended. You know, working here, especially the last couple of weeks uh, with a lot of volunteers and a lot of people doing a lot of things, do you have any idea how many opportunities to get offended we had? Yes. <laughs> and each and every one of you, you know, so many opportunities to get offended. Thank God that we're unoffendable. Amen? Oh, there's one more guy I need to thank Gary French, because he got our beautiful signs out there on the street. I told you guys this was going to happen. <laughs> so thankful. We're grateful people. Not entitled. We're grateful. Which is why if a Sunday it's a little too hot or a little too cold or something, you don't have to complain because you're good. (laughs) We're not entitled. We're thankful. We're grateful. We are fathers and mothers to the orphans. We take care of the widows. Take care of the single moms. Amen. If you don't know, we have an orphanage in Kenya. There's about 24 children there now. Uh, we're building the fourth house right now. It's under construction. There's 12 of them to be built. Why do we do that? There's something real powerful and significant to give into and pray for people that you might never, ever meet. I mean, some of you will take mission trips and we will go there, you know, in the near future. But, but some will never and so that's thing, those are things that we do because they're important to God. That's the heart of God. And part of, I'm not gonna go into this, but you know the Bible talks about suffering with Jesus. And it's not suffering in sickness. It's not suffering in, in poverty. It's not suffering in pain. It, it's referring to, and Kara did a whole message on this, powerful. It's referring to making his burdens our burdens. What's important to him, I make it my number one priority. And if he said, hey, there's some, kids in Kenya that we need to build homes for and we need to love and, and, and then that's what we're gonna do even if they're so far away and we can't get any pleasure out of doing it ourselves because there is a gratification of, you know, handing out something to someone right there in person. And so how selfless it is to do it for someone that you don't see you've never met and some of you never might. And I'm not saying we don't go there. You know, we also do mission trips in Mexico and all that stuff. Why do we do that? Because we're called to... You know, um, take care of the orphans, take care of the widows, take care of the poor. We do it out of our abundance. We do it out of the overflow. You with me? We believe in prosperity. Amen? Are you a prosperity church? Yeah. (laughs) Two. (laughs) You know, we're a prophetic church, we're a spirit-filled church, we're a charismatic church, we're a... Bethel Song Church. (laughs) Why do people? This is funny. We're, We're like, we're a prosperity church. Yeah, we're not a poverty church. If we were a poverty church, we couldn't do much. There's a lot of nice trucks out in the parking lot. Praise God. You want one too? We're also not orphans. So, you know, if God did it for the brother sitting next to you, he could do it for you too. He makes no, he doesn't have, like, yes for you, not for you. Like, he doesn't do that. He only, he's moved by faith, right? Amen. Um, and we believe in restoration. God can restore anything. He can redeem everything, anything, you know. We believe he's a God of new beginnings, Whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happened in your life in the past, that doesn't determine your future. The blood of Jesus determines your future. There's always hope. There's never a hopeless situation. There's only hopeless people. Amen?